Welcome to the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is where accomplishment and harmony coexist. Now, here's your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is a lifestyle that accepts that accomplishment and harmony coexist. The spa and spa life, the SPA, is for seek power always, that power within you to do your deeper work here in the world. I am so honored to have my next guest here on the show, Rose Sakuda, who is the founder and CEO of Dr. Rose Secret Place. She was born and raised in Rift Valley, Providence of Kenya. Her mission is to advocate for female genital mutilation, also known as FGM, to educate the girl child. At the age of 13, she went through the FGM and it didn't affect her until she gave birth to her first daughter. At first, she thought it was just a normal rite of passage, but seeing her daughter go through it, Rose immediately realized that it wasn't right. It was physically, emotionally, and mentally traumatizing. In 2002, Dr. Rose decided to start a foundation that would help raise awareness about what FGM is, the effects of the practice, and also to give voice to those who can't advocate for themselves. Dr. Rose, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, thank you for your bravery. This is a subject that, you know, a lot of people shy away from. They don't want to talk with. It can be very uncomfortable. I'd love to start with what are the girls told growing up? Do they know that this is something coming? Do they know the extent of it? How is it presented in the culture? Thank you so much for that question. When the girls are growing, they are told about it because it's something that was done initially in the tribe and in the culture. So when the girl becomes 11 years old or 10 years old, they start now preparing them for that. So what type of things are they doing to prepare them? I mean, are they telling them like what's going to happen to them physically? Is there something emotionally that happens? Like how are they prepared? They don't tell them what will happen to them, but they tell them that it will come a time that you'll be now a total woman or you'll be going to another age set not the younger or now, but to be a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, do the mothers say anything more to their children? Was there anything that you said to your daughter as she was preparing for this? When my, my daughter was growing up at that age, I was telling her, but I knew it was not good because I went through it. Mm -hmm. And that's how myself, first of all, my first daughter escaped. I hit her first. So my first daughter didn't go through it, but the second daughter, because of the community and how she was inspired by the community, that she doesn't want to be like my first daughter, then she went through it when I was not home. Mm, Wow. So the girls actually have a say in themselves that overrides what the mother may say? Sometimes they don't because they don't have a say and the mom will not say much about it because the elders or the dads also the ones who are taking care of that. So the girls don't have any say to say no or yes. Right, right. And so there's been a lot of opposition of this over the years. In fact, in what, 2011, it was actually banned as a practice, but yet you said that it still happens today? It's still happening today in the interior, in the villages, the remote areas where the advocacy is not yet there. It's still happening even today. Wow. 
So what can people do and what are, are you doing in your foundation as far as helping people have more awareness of it? Because I'm sure that there's probably people listening to this today that probably thought that was something of a past or that it used to happen, but they don't maybe realize that it is still happening today. With our foundation, we have some of our girls who went through it and some who didn't go through it, who are advocating it in the village and they take care of the other girls and they go and now with the collaboration of the, some of the elders now, some of the older young men, they are now fighting it in the communities. Right. Yes. Now, you had mentioned that you felt like it didn't affect you that much till you had your, your own daughter. Was that when you were giving birth or just the realization of, of this may happen to your daughter? What, what happened when you were giving birth that that came up for you? I remember very well when I was giving birth, it was painful. And like you said, people don't talk about that. I talk about it because I know it. It was very painful. I even thought I would never give birth to another girl or another child. That was it. And then when she grew up, I knew because I know one of the girls who died of the same thing, of female genital mutilation, when she was pushing and trying to give birth for her child to her child. So I knew it's not something that is conducive. And also, if I can say this, I am a believer and I have never seen anywhere where the Bible says that women should be circumcised. Right. Yes. Well, there's actually a lot of things being brought up now and in, in, even with male circumcision, right? And yes. when you look back to these traditions as what happened, you know, there are a lot of, of health things that come up with children that can affect them. So I think that people are doing a lot more research to see, you know, whether or not these practices for boys or girls are something that, that is healthy. Does anything come up in what you're doing that addresses with the boys or are you, you completely focused on the girls? For the female circumcision, we just focus on the girls because for men, it's also allowed. And we know like in the Bible also, we know that Jesus and Abraham, all those were circumcised. So I don't go against that. But for the girls, it's painful and there's nowhere. And like you asked me before, it's a cultural thing and it's still happening even today. Yes. Right. Right. How long is, you know, because it's different, you know, a lot of times with boys, it happens at birth, like, you know, within the first week of the baby being born. Why is it being chosen to happen at this time for girls? Does it coincide with their period or is it, you know, part of a ritual? Because, I mean, especially with them being older, then obviously they're more, more conscious of, of what's happening as well. Are they awake for this type of procedure? Yeah, they are awake and there is no sterilization. There is nothing to be used with that for them to, to be cut. It's painful. Diane is painful. Yeah. So there's nothing that is used which you can tell that it's safe for them. No, it's not safe for them, especially those in the interior places which I'm talking about now. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I just so appreciate that, you know, your willingness to share the story because I know that, you know, when we talk about the path to do the things that we do and there can be very disempowering things, you weren't embraced in this. In fact, you were shunned by your community in this. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and, and how you were either able to get other people to be supportive of it? And, and what was that like during that time when you were going with your heart and your, your daughter and other girls and, and trying to save them that kind of pain? At first, it was not easy which is not even today easy because I had to talk to them. And we, we used to meet in under a tree because some of the women that we prayed with and fasted with because of what I myself went through, 
we went to some caves in the bush and we were praying and fasting and people were against me. I was not very liked by people. They didn't like me. And I was like an outcast. I remember those days, women didn't want to be accompanied with me, but thank God there were some few people or some few women from other 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 villages who came and they had what I was doing and they were supporting me. But I stay like someone who didn't have anywhere to go. And I went through a lot, a lot. And they know whoever is listening now, they know Rosakuda and they know that is very true because some of them were supporting me and some of them even now they always when they see me and they see what we are doing with the girls, they appreciate that because now they have seen. I remember there are some of the men who have gone to be with the Lord now. They were asking me, how did you come to do this? Why do you do this? And where did you learn this? And I was telling them, it's not safe for the girls. The girls are sick. We know one of the girls who died. And even when they are given away to get married, like the young ones who are given away to get married, they don't know whether they are their girls or whether they are women because already they are not mature enough to given away to get married to this old man. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned about when your your daughter came of age and this became mm-hmm. for you. You know, this is definitely outside of, of what you grew up with. What was it that had you decide this was for you? Like this was your calling that you needed to do something about it? I had a, a calling me, I had a burden because what I was going through in my life was not easy. So I felt that if I went through this and my daughter went through this, why can't I stop and also advocate and create the awareness to the other girls and to the other women? But I am happy today because I got some of the, like I said, some of the women from other tribes or other villages, and they came in and they helped me to advocate this and to talk about it. And also now to know that there is a way forward, even when you are not circumcised, you can change your life and this pain will not be with you. And you can also be a woman or a total woman, like they say, even though you didn't go through this. Right. Absolutely. So is there some form of like uh, psychological counting that comes with this as well, you know, because I'm sure, you know, going through the the pain that this is a a trauma that people are experiencing, is there some things that have been helpful for the girls? Yeah. Today we have some support groups that they meet together and like the safe houses, we have few safe houses, not exactly in our area, but we have one and they come together and they are counseled by the older girls and the older women and now that way they can relieve or they can tell their stories and they can share with others. And that way they feel that they are complete and they can go forward with their lives. Mm-hmm. When you were first starting out in the beginning, Rose, what were some of the pushbacks that, that people had? You know, when you were when they were shunning you, was it because you were going against tradition or they felt that you were being disrespectful to the culture or was it just the unknown that they were afraid of? What was it? First of all, they thought that I was against the culture because they have not seen that before. And because when the girls are circumcised, the women take firewood, they take water, they help everything in the village. But myself, I didn't go to those places. So they thought maybe I'm not respecting them. I'm not obeying what the culture does or the community or other women. Yeah, they they thought that I'm just crazy woman coming up with things that are not even known in the community. Yeah. Right. 
So what do you think is different now as far as, well, we know that it was banned, but it's still happening. What percentage would you think is still, is it still happening? Is it, has it been by half or less? You know, what kind of inroads have happened? Maybe we can say like now it's maybe, I don't know exactly. I didn't uh, research that. I didn't see that. It's maybe 30 to 40%. Okay. It's still pretty high, but it's, but it's a huge high. dent in, in what's yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what have you achieved so far in your foundation? This far, what we have been doing, we have achieved a lot because most of the girls that we rescued or we talked about this with, they have gone to school. And we have some of them are nurses, some of them are teachers. We have some who have started their small businesses. And also like now we have musicians, like the artists. And uh, if I can mention my own daughter here in America, and she's doing good, even though she went all through all that trauma and she is doing good. So we have achieved all that. And we praise God because he is continuing to help us to do this uh, with friends like you and others. Great. Oh, this, this is so good. So let's say, you know, somebody's listened to this and they've experienced this and maybe there's some, I don't know if there's, re, is there residual pain even into a, adult? Is there like lasting things that, that happen after that? The wound heals, yes, but still you, you still feel like, yes, you are not whole. You are not the whole being. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. for somebody listening to this who has perhaps had this happen to them, but maybe they've never shared it with anyone because I'm sure that there's a lot of, you know, whether it's shame or uncomfortableness. I mean, there's a lot of things that have to do um, with the body that people don't feel comfortable talking to somebody else about. And so they may be alone in this experience that they're having. Do you find that people stay isolated in this experience? Or, you know, if they're hearing this, how can they get some support? Yeah, I hear most of them are even crying for help like in the village, because we have those girls, sometimes they'll come and ask the community, the the girls that I'm working with, they'll ask for help. So we try to cancel them. And when we cancel them, we talk to them so that the trauma would go, because we still know that psychologically and mentally, and even emotionally, they are all like traumatized. They don't want to talk about it. They feel that there is a big shame. And especially those ones who go to school, they feel that they are not comfortable. They, they don't fit in that school because they know what went through them, through their bodies. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so what's a little bit of the history of it? Like, what are you told as far as the, the purpose of doing that? Yeah, what they say, it was like a traditional thing and women should go through that. And like, you know, part of Africa, it's not only in Kenya, by the way, it's part of Africa. They, they say that it's a traditional way and you should go through that so that you can be, they, they don't want you to enjoy like sex and all that. And then even men, because they are listening to me, they were like, some of them want to marry the, and to women to be circumcised so that they can get to marry maybe one or two wives. But those girls, when they are, they are circumcised, they don't enjoy the sex part of it. So the men want them to have it or not have it? Most of them want them to have it, to be circumcised, yes. Okay, so in essence, to control their sexuality? Yes. Okay, so the women who've had it, are they able to have orgasms? Somehow. Okay, so mm-hmm. it, it's kind of iffy because you never know with how it's done and yeah. the body as far as how it, it can affect that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that is 
a woman's own expression of, of her her sexuality and even yes. married with her husband, right? In terms mm-hmm. of having those those type of connections. Is there anyone doing any work in terms of any reconstruction or helping women to repair aspects of their body? Is that ever an option? It can be repaired, Diane. It's done, it's done. They touch everything, it's done, it's done, so there's no repair. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. And so what do you find is most helpful for these women to move through their traumatic experiences? What I see helpful is for them to get counsel and also at least to get some things to do, to feel that they're accepted, they are loved, and to be talked to by someone somewhere. Hmm. Yeah. Right. And what is some of the the education in terms of, like, even though they may have had a traumatic experience, they still were you know, indoctrinated in, in their culture of that this was, this is just how it is. Mm-hmm. How are they changing how they are now teaching things to their own children? How are those cultural changes actually happening? The cultural changes are happening by now the therapist, the therapy that they get from other nice people who come in. And also education is playing up a big, big, big part in this because when girls go to school, then they learn that this is not something that is conducive in their lives. And then they learn about now development, about other things. So when they go to school, then things changes because I have seen now like the ones we have been sponsoring and going to school. When they come back, they have that say, they have that knowledge of going in the village and talking to the others and even showing them the difference between now the circumcision or whatever is happening today. Yes. Right. So is traditionally the women, or, you know, the girls would not be educated? Is going to school something new for them? Or is it, do they stop at a certain age? So where'd the education come in? The education comes in because before, um, like when they are circumcised, they were given away to get married when they are 11 years, 12 years. So when now they are rescued and they go to school and they get the, uh, the proper education, that way now they can be able to come back to the community and also with their dads and your, their moms and see them. They can help themselves also and they can be something in the community. And we have so many professors and like I said, those who are doing their little businesses, even though they went, they didn't go through the circumcision or they went it, through it and we rescued them. They are doing nice things now in the community. Right. And they can also choose their own husbands. Oh, great. So traditionally, it would be that in between the age of 11, 12, when the girls would get circumcised, they mm-hmm. would then immediately get married. So when they got married, then their focus was on their family and having children, and they stopped school at that point. Is they that stopped school. Yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So with them not having this happen and being able to continue their education... Are they able to go to school within their community or do they need to go outside of the community where there's other cultural values to get that education? They go to other schools, other different places where they can get this, uh, the real support from other schools in the other different schools from their communities. Right. And mm-hmm. you had mentioned that when by the time they're 18, they're in essence safe from it. So that if they've not been circumcised at that point, that they've either had their education or they don't have to go through that, what's the percentage of the girls that are actually coming back to their community as educated women to be able to then start families, to start changing the culture? Are are a lot of them coming back or when they leave, they stay gone? 
No, most of them come back, let's say 50 or yeah, 60% they come back. And if I can use myself, like now I'm here in America, but I always go to Kenya once a year and I go and visit the girls and I see them. And now the community now accepts me and they, so they know that. I know most of them are listening to me and they know and they, they believe that education is the key. And the, if you don't change, then the change will change you. So they accept that when the girls are educated, they can change the community, not by bad things but with the good things right right absolutely i mean it's kind of like the more you know then you can make more informed decisions and see you know what kind of life you actually want to live i mean at you know they're still children at 11 and 12 and to not know that there's another option yes. uh, i can see how they kind of get into that cycle of, of not knowing better right yes All right so in the community that you grew up in you said that a lot of them are being rescued and they're you know, getting educated and coming back. Are there many of the girls in the community that they're in your own community? Are they still getting circumcised? In my own community, a few of them are still going through that. This is uh, last December during COVID. Some of them went through that a lot because especially now last year when the schools were closed and there was the lockdown and all that happened, most of them, they couldn't go because, in fact, some of our girls went home. So when they went home, some of them were circumcised. And I was called and I was told that this is happening. But what are we going to do? Because the schools are closed and we can't take them to school. And most of those, even like the percentage of the Kenyan and the statistic is saying that most of them became pregnant and they, they didn't go back to school anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So once they had that happen, they were almost trapped back into that, that way of being. Yes. Got it. Got it. So are things starting to open back up that the girls can leave again? Yeah, the school is open now and they have gone back to school. Got it. Got yes. it. Wow. It's, it's so much, you know, to be immersed right in that, because we'd like to think that people have the best interests, right? And, and I'm sure that traditions are very sometimes slow to change, right? To be able to see how you can do that. And you've made such a, a big impact in that. And it can be such a, a heavy subject. What are some of the things that you do for your own like self-care to kind of like build yourself up to have the, the resolve and the strength to be able to continue with this work? What I do, I also get involved in support groups where I can share my experiences with others. And also I pray and fasting also. And also I have like therapy. I get into therapy and the people that I come close to, they have always been good help to me. Right. It's so important to have a support system around you and somebody yes. that you can, you can talk to and have that. And, you know, the environments that we create, the home and the security that we feel make a big difference. And so one of the things I always like to ask my guess is that we feel differently in our kitchen or our bedroom or our family room. What is your favorite room in your home and why? My favorite room in my place is my bedroom. I have a little corner where I, might, I have my little computer and laptop and I have that and I read my Bible and I have read other books to encourage myself and to seek for more knowledge because I know there are so many books written by other pioneers and other heroes. So I read those books in my little place in my, my bedroom. 
I love that. I think it's so important to have these personal sanctuaries where, you know, we filled up and you are definitely a pioneer in helping these women. And it's such a, a blessing for you. You know, let's expand a little bit more on how you're being a force for good in the world. The force for good in the world is that I have <laughs> raising the awareness about FGM and how it affects both women and girls and also providing education opportunities to the girls and to the young females and also providing economic relief by selling the handcraft like the beaded necklaces that I have and farming and developing uh, clean water supplies in our communities. Uh, it's, it's so beautiful. You have had such a ripple effect and impact on so many girls and, and saving them from not just physically, but just, you know, mentally and emotionally in their world. I just, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So any final words before we go? The final words that I can say is that we continue praying and we continue supporting those girls who need the support. And also for people who think that this is an old thing, it's, yes, it's old, but it's still going on. But we can change something. Things can be changed. Like they say that if you educate one girl, you educate the whole community or the world. So if we can educate these women, these girls, and we rescue them, then we can change the world because we know that the women are the backbone of the nations and of the homes. So, yeah, I would like to say thank you so much also and let everybody else know that we are here and we would like to continue praying with them because we have seen great change in our communities. Absolutely. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you here and we will definitely put in the links. So for those of our listeners out there who, you know, this is calling to your heart to be able to help these young girls to get their education, to help them make their own decisions and to have some support in what uh, Rose is doing, then please make sure you click on those links, whether you want to contribute, um, have prayers, you know, be of some service in this area. We encourage you to do that. And we just, we thank you so much for listening. Please share this. Like this is something that people don't talk about very much. It's a very kind of a secretive thing in a lot of ways. People don't realize the extent of how this is impacting. You know, if this is happening to just one girl, it affects all the girls, right? Mentally, how you see this in the world. So it's important for people to hear this and to get this message out. If you have any questions about it, please put it in the comments. We're happy to tag both myself and Rose. We're happy to answer any questions with this. So please get the word out there, start having these type of conversations so they're not in the shadows. We're bringing them into the light and we're giving it to God. So thank you so much. And until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. Bye. Your host and spa life curator, Diane Halfman, wants you to know you can download her free guide to start living your spa life right now. Go to dianehalfman.com and click on the link for the nine secrets to step into your spa life. Now, live your spa life where accomplishment and harmony coexist.